Welcome to the Garden Wise Show with Colorado's most knowledgeable and entertaining garden experts, the Garden Wise Guys, Keith Funk and Jim Borland. Get ready for gardening tips that you can use right now. New plants, hot products, and the latest from horticultural science. The lines are open, so call into the Legend Studio now. 303-477-2473. 303-477-2473. On the air since 1994, the Garden Wise Guys have the answers to your questions about gardening in the high-altitude desert of the Colorado Front Range. And now, here are your hosts, the Garden Wise Guys. And we are back. The Garden Wise Guys, Jim Borland and Keith Funk, are here taking your garden questions and also telling you what kinds of things you should be celebrating today. For instance, today is National Cheese Doodle Day. Okay, I'll go for that. I'm going to go for that. And it's also National Poutine Day. I don't know what poutine is. I don't either. It's, a, it's an edible something or other. It's also pasty day. Ooh. Yeah. What kind of pasty? Uh, you can put anything you want in them. Oh, not the kind you wear? No, no. <laughs> no, silly. <laughs> <laughs> this, this, these, this was the food of Irish miners. <laughs> oh, okay. They take that with them. And it's also Sock Monkey Day. Monkeys are mean. I don't want any. I, they can be. It's also Dress in Blue Day. I have a little blue on. I, I, I would interpret that as blue, what you have on. Mm-hmm. Um, Sean, I think, is bereft of anything blue. Is there anything blue in what you're wearing? I don't want. I don't want to see that. <laughs> Might be colorblind. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> all right. Have to dig a little deeper. That. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Let's get you. out to the phones. We've got uh, Joanne out in Broomfield waiting to talk to us right now. Good morning, Joanne. Good morning, guys. I really enjoy your show. Listen every week. Oh well, thank um, you. My- you're welcome. My question for you is, well, first of all, we attended the Flower and Garden Show a couple weeks ago. Yes. And we saw um, this soil treatment called Revive there. Yeah. That supposedly saves water and everything, greens up your lawn. What do you think of it, and when do I apply it and stuff? I am, I have mixed feelings about it. Uh, there are definitely times when it's very beneficial. If you have dry areas, uh, south-facing slopes or compacted areas along driveways or sidewalks, that sort of thing, that get a lot of foot traffic, Revive is really quite excellent in helping water get into the soil. It, uh, oh. their, 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 logo or their motto is it makes water wetter. So that it does, it does uh, soak into a compacted or heavy clay soil uh, much faster than without. And then they, they mix in some proprietary ingredients um, to help green up the lawn, help green up your plants, that sort of thing. So okay, it does, it does have its purpose. It doesn't solve the underlying issues. Like it doesn't relieve the compaction. You'll still have compacted soils. But it's also just something to help the water get into sloping areas, even if it's not compacted. It just helps your, if your uh, sprinkler system is going and you notice it's running off into the street, using Revive will help the water get into the soil before it can run off. Okay. It works in the same principle as does dishwashing and laundry detergent. Okay. 
Yeah. It makes oh. water wetter. Now, oh, I, I know okay. that sounds kind of silly, perhaps, but uh, if <laughs> if you have if your water is wetter, it'll spread, for instance, across the hood of your car. Whereas oh. if you had a lot of wax there, it would just build up in little uh, little beads, drop beads yeah. on, on top of the car. If you add the surfactant, that's what these things are. The water just spreads out, and that allows it to penetrate smaller pore spaces. Yes. Okay. Okay, because our lawn is aerated every year. That's good, and you can use it in conjunction with that. <clears throat> okay, great. Well, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks for calling this morning. You're welcome. Have a good day. You too. Yeah, the Revive does give a, a pretty quick visual green up, uh, and it does help. Sometimes, you know, when soil gets really, really dry, it's actually hydrophobic. It doesn't want to absorb water. Yeah, that's true. Regardless of how much that's water true. you put on it, it doesn't want to go in. And Revive will help with that as well. I wonder if they use that on um, forest fire soils. They, they become hydrophobic. Mm. Don't take up water. It just runs off and creates erosion and yeah. problems downstream. I don't know if they've ever tried doing that sort of thing. You've probably noticed it yourself listening at home. Um, when you're working with potting soil and say you've got a bag that's been open for a month or two and the potting soil inside has dried Bone out. Bone dry. Yeah. And you try to pour water on and it just puddles at the top yeah. and doesn't soak in. Or if it does soak in, it soaks in very <coughs> unevenly so you'll have dry pockets throughout the plant or the pot. So I always recommend putting that soil into a bucket adding some water, and then getting into there with your hands like yeah. you're kneading dough and work the water into the soil until it's thoroughly mixed and you have a nice, even mix of moist, but not sopping wet. I mean, you no. shouldn't be able to have so much water in there that you can squeeze it and water runs out. But you'd want enough moisture in there where you could squeeze it into a ball and it will maintain that ball shape until you poke it with your finger and then it'll fall apart. That's a really good test as to you know whether the soil is moist enough to use properly and uh, and i you know even if even with seeding soil you know seed, seeding soil needs to be yeah, able to pre, absorb pre, moisture pretty moistened yeah. yeah and a lot of times soils have a what they call a surfactant added to them or a wetting agent uh, but that only lasts so long you know it's, it's not a permanent addition to a, a potting soil so uh, you'll see that when in your existing potted plants where you've let them get too dry and the soil pulls away from the edge of the pot i've never done that myself that's never no. happened to me <laughs> <laughs> has yeah. it happened to you jim no, i don't see yeah, i don't think so <laughs> well when it happens to you um <laughs> and you and you try to water that and the water just beads up on top of the soil and then runs down that that gap between the pot and the root ball and out the bottom of the pot. It never really soaks into the soil. You have to yep. <laughs> force it down into a bucket of water and, and let it yeah. absorb that way. Yeah. I've taken, <laughs> so they put that pot of in a bucket of water and then put a brick on top of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, because it'll float. Because it'll float. Yeah. <laughs> and it'll float right out of the pot. It will, yes. So, yeah, you gotta you got to wait. Now, I make my somehow. own... A lot of my soil, I, I make myself from, 
It's equal parts perlite, peat moss, and compost, which I make in the backyard. Mm-hmm. And I store it in uh, five-gallon buckets you know, alongside the back of the house uh-huh. just for future use. And um, over the winter, it, even, with, even though the buckets have lids on them, it dries out. Yeah. And so when it snows, snow falls on top of the buckets of the lid. So I take the lid, turn it upside down inside the bucket, and just <laughs> let that snow sit in there mm-hmm. and re rehydrate the soil. This there area. you go. Yeah. yeah. It works. Unless, of course, the temperatures don't get above freezing, in which case you get frozen soil. Right. <laughs> and you don't want to bring that cold winter soil in the house and use it right away either. No. You want it to warm no. up. No. I've done that to before, room too. temperature. Yeah. yeah, you can shock the heck out of a plant yeah. with freezing cold soil. Yep. Tropicals don't know what freezing is all about. Not even with the ice cubes on top of the of the orchids? No. No, we don't do that. We don't put ice cubes on orchids. That's a bad thing. <laughs> I don't know where that got started. It sounds, physically, I guess it, it seems to make sense, but you've got to think through this, people. That water melts. It's still 32 degrees. Yeah. And for an orchid that has no idea what 32 <laughs> degrees water uh, is. No, no. <laughs> They can't handle it. They're no. just not uh, adapted. <coughs> and it will kill the roots. It, over time. Yeah. Not, not in one use, but over time, that ice will start to kill the root system. Yeah. And once you've lost the roots, you've lost the plant. Yeah, it's gone. But it does take a while for that to happen. And so people, anyway, the guy, the guy who came out with this, I, I think it was, they were called Ice Cube Babies, was the, the label on the plant. Uh, and it was a whole thing, and uh, I think he just came up with it so that people would kill the plants slowly and blame themselves, yeah. and then go buy some more. <coughs> buy more. It's like built-in obsolescence. <laughs> it's bad. All right, uh, let's see. Where are we at time-wise? Let's go out to the phones. Cheryl is on the phone right now waiting to talk to us. Good morning, Cheryl. Good morning, gentlemen. Question for you. You were discussing the Hell of Rose what to look for, how to handle them, trim this, trim that. I have no idea when I was supposed to have done that. I always do it in the spring. Uh, right now, my hellebore leaves are mostly, most of them are just flat on the ground. And they're starting to turn brown and different shades of an unattractive green. So I just cut them all off at the base, cut all the leaves off at the base. And when, when is it that you're doing this? Because that's yesterday. exactly what mine look like. I was doing some yesterday. I was doing some the week before that. It's just whenever you have some time. I want to get it done before the flowers come up. So even though we're continuing to have this rather brutal cold at times uh, predicted over the next few weeks, as well as the repeated snow, uh, do you just shear them off to the ground? Well, you do it carefully because the flower spikes, the flowers are starting to come up for spring. So if you just shear them off of the ground, you're going to be cutting your flowers off too. You have to carefully go in and cut each leaf off one or two at a time from where they originate. Oh, my goodness. Um, this is the fourth or fifth year that they've been in the ground, and I, I've never done anything other than when they start to look kind of ugly in the probably June I finally start cutting off some of the old dead leaves but I should be 
I could be doing that as soon as now. It's much easier to do it now, yes. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I've, I've got six of them, and each one of them is a different something. You know, they're, 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 none of them are the same thing, and but they're all treated the same, whether they're of the yeah. two different varieties you were talking about. Yeah, and I find by removing all of that foliage, it's not very attractive right now. If, if you leave it there, it detracts from the beauty of the flowers when they do flower. And if you take them off now, by the time the flowers come up and bloom, you can see them much better. Yes, because uh, three of them seem to be the kind that droop their flower bud, and three of them are the kind that show it up. Right. Yeah, yeah, and, and the upright flowers, that's that's more modern breeding. They're trying to breed away from that droopy flower that faces the ground that you have to lay on your back and look up to it to see what it looks like. <laughs> and, and, you know, I, always, I don't have any problem getting down there. It's getting back up that my pro- <laughs> I had the problem with. <clears throat> well, and I must, I must say that uh, I, I have considered over the past couple of years after they were established, it was like, I'm not quite sure why I bought something that points down. Yeah, exactly. So, but the foliage is pretty. It, it, they are, and, and they are spectacular when they start to just work it up the way they want to. So, uh, And then the bottom line is leave them alone through the end of uh, in, in the fall and the uh, part of winter until we get to these days when it does start to warm up. And uh, I need to get down on the ground and look for these flower buds. Yeah, they they are starting to push right now. So, uh, and they'll only be a, an inch or two or three above ground, but um, it's 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 much easier to cut that foliage away before those flower buds, those spikes, get up high enough where they're in the way. Uh, I have one last question about them. They uh, where I planted them, it's about eight feet across a a uh, small about for about six to eight inch, uh, I guess, retaining wall, for lack of a better word, that's around a huge um, ash tree, and they're planted around the base of the ash tree inside this this ring that allows me to be able to keep the grass up until it gets close enough to, and the like. So is that more like they are not planted directly in the ground as opposed to a you know more like a pot well they are raised above the uh, above the ground and the soil in there is going to probably get colder in the winter time and probably warmer in the summertime than things in the ground so is perhaps this not the right plant to have in there even though they come back each year well, the idea of having a, let's call it a planter box, around the base of your tree is, in the first place, not a good idea. Because now you have soil up against the base of the trunk. Uh, well, actually, what had the, 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 one of the provocations for having installed that was who, when the tree was planted, it may not have been planted quite as deep as it should have been. This, this tree's 25 years old, and it's huge. Um, and and the, the base, and again, had to listen to the landscaping people that were reconfiguring things, that 
um, it was okay to do this. And it does not push up above. You can actually see the the base of the, the tree. Oh, so this was a planter box that was there first, and then the tree was planted in it. Well, sort of, kind of, yeah. Yeah, that, in that case, the tree was probably planted at the right at the right depth, rather than, I see most people have a tree in the yard and decide that they're going to put a box around it uh-huh. and fill it up with soil. And now the base of the trunk of the tree is now subject to moist soil constantly. And that's not a good thing. No, this, this tree seems quite happy, and we mm-hmm. do our drench yeah. on it uh, to make sure we don't get the, any kind of untowards on it. But, uh, yeah, I think in your case it's, it's probably okay. Okay. Yeah, and the hellebore should do just fine because it's an open bottom so that they're rooting down into the native soil, and you're going to have that, that heat sink that is called the earth, and you know that it, it'll keep the, the soil an appropriate temperature. You shouldn't have to worry about that. It's, it's when you have a, a separate container, a pot above ground that is in, 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 in contact with the soil, in, with, in contact with the earth that you have problems with sometimes with uh, roots freezing. Sounds great. No, I, 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 I do think these plants are happy where they're at, but I'm not sure that I've always been taking care of them the way they deserve. So. Well, I like to cut those leaves off the hellebores this time of year simply because the flowers look so much better uh, without all that messy foliage from last year. Um, but that's just me. I mean, there's... It's like making lasagna. There's probably 100 recipes for making lasagna, and I would say probably 85%, 85 of them taste good. You know, um, it's just what you want to do. Some people wait till June. Some people never cut the foliage off. So, yeah. well, it, it does make it a little more difficult once the, the uh, new growth has started to really get in there and and snip away what needs to go. So right. I, I think I've got a project, and, um, well, maybe not this weekend, but <laughs> the, next, the next time it warms up again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Take care, gentlemen. Thanks so much. Love your show. Thanks for the call this morning, Cheryl. <clears throat> and you two can call if you want. Here's the number, 303-477-2473. And now's about the time in the show when things start filling up the phone lines when there's only limited time left in the show. So it's all your fault, not mine. My fault? Yeah. You let people do that. <laughs> okay. All right. Hey, our snow depth statewide is, uh, as of two days ago, mm-hmm. uh, 92%. <clears throat> oh, it's dropped below 100, huh? Yes, it has. The Gunnison River Valley, which is always good to see, is up at 100 and it's over 100%. Mm-hmm. Because it's usually in severe drought down in that neck of the woods. So we're we're getting behind, and maybe with the snow, a little bit of snow we had last night, and snows predicted in in the coming week, we can get that back up to 100 percent. Well, for those of you listening that are new to Colorado, um, just be aware that March and April are the two snowiest months of the year. So hopefully that will build the snow back up there in those in those high altitude uh, really? reservoirs. <clears throat> And keep those skiers happy. That's right. That's right. Why don't we take our uh, first break of the hour, and then we'll come back and talk to Mark out in Littleton. He'll be up next, and then there's some other calls coming in right now. So 
Go for it, man. All right, we're going to do that and uh, take a little break here and come back pretty doggone quick here on Legends 810. It's like the difference between soft, gentle rain and a monsoon. That's how I compare the effect of a Dram Rain wand on plants to the heart blast of a typical spray nozzle attachment to your garden hose. Water flows through 400 tiny holes in the Dram Rain wand's soft shower nozzle to bathe and refresh your plants, not damage them or wash away soil. Its handy reach handle has a 60 degree bend and conveniently extends to more distant garden rows and hanging baskets. And there's a fingertip shutoff valve. No wonder professional growers in the greenhouses and nurseries use DRAM watering tools. Today, there are imitators, but nothing matches the superior quality of the original, invented over 50 years ago. They're simply the best. DRAM watering tools are available at Tagawa Gardens, Nick's Gardens, Jared's Garden Center, and Lafayette Florist and Greenhouse. We've got the cure for spring fever at Lafayette Florist Gift Shop and Garden Center. Our greenhouse is filled with tropical house plants, including all your favorites and special specimen plants for your collection. Browse through 5,000 square feet of greenhouse with wide aisles and an open air building to assure your safe shopping. Choose from air cleaning, low maintenance, easy care plants, or some special treasure for the green plant enthusiast. While walking through the greenhouse, you'll be surrounded by blooming orchids, hanging ferns, and plants from tabletop size to full-size floor plants. Pinterest-worthy pattern leaves, textures in succulents, and plants with variegated leaves. It's a plant lover's dream. Let our knowledgeable staff help you pick out the perfect one for your environment. Our wide selection of pottery comes in all sizes. Think about a plant in a beautiful container as a piece of furniture to complement your home. Incorporate a grouping of plants together as they would grow naturally. Plants are a perfect addition to your home and office. Bringing the greenhouse indoors gives a feeling of calm to your living spaces. While you're here, browse through two floors of gift and home decor showrooms. Plus, take time to smell the roses in our walk-in fresh flower cooler. Lafayette Florist Gift Shop and Garden Center, located at 600 South Public Road in the heart of Lafayette. For more information, visit our website at lafayetteflorist.com. Call us at 303-665-5555 or stop by. We're open daily. Did you fight a yard full of pesky weeds last year? Fertilome has a solution for that. Fertilome for All Seasons is one of the longest lasting weed and grass preventers on the market. It will prevent crabgrass and other weed seeds from germinating for up to six months. So apply it early and let it do the work. It also has a unique blend of slow-release fertilizer that contains important micronutrients, including iron, that will green up your yard all summer long. Use the product the professionals use, Fertilome for All Seasons. Look for Fertilome for All Seasons at these and other independent garden centers. Jared's Nursery in Littleton, Nick's Garden Center in Aurora, Tagawa Gardens in Centennial, and the Flower Bin in Longmont. As always, be sure to tell them the Garden Wise Guys sent you. We are back taking your phone calls right here on Legends 810. And who do we have, having said that, up next? Up next is Mark out in Littleton, it looks like. Good morning, Mark. Good morning. Good what's, morning. What's going on with your bad self today? Well, um, uh, quick explanation. I just, I'm just about ready to retire, and I just started gardening the last few years, something that I'm going to do when I get older. Um, 
so the the garden just exploded last year, and I was wondering if the smoke from the fires had anything to do with it. I doubt it. No, well, you don't. Wait, when you say explode, what do you mean? Well, I, uh, <clears throat> by the end of October, October, I kind of just put it to put it to bed. But there were still hundreds of tomatoes on the the vine. I mm-hmm. had everything still growing. I had over fifty punk or watermelons. Everything just did really well. All my plants, I had planter boxes all or large uh, planters all over the backyard, and everything was still flowering. I would blame that on global warming. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, not the fires. Yeah. Um, oh, oh well, okay. So I mean, there's there's some nutrient value to the the smoke, but only if it rains through it and carries it down into the soil. Um. But not enough that I think you'd notice. I, I, I thought it was just my pe- preparation. I, I, I dug in a lot of leaves. Uh, I added a lot of um, um, the Boss product from O'Toole's, if you're familiar with that. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I put a lot of that down. I turned it. Um, so I did a lot of work, and I was really amazed at myself uh, how it turned out and was all ready last year for this year. Yeah, I uh, I think there are two reasons for it to, to for having uh, performed like it did last year for you. One is that you are now getting into gardening and doing the right things, whereas before you probably didn't. And number two, we had a nice long warm season last year. Yeah. Now, uh, that early preparation in the soil, though, will pay off in benefits all through the season. So n- never scrimp on that. Yeah, and I that, that's what I uh, contributed it to in the beginning, and then a couple people I thought that that fire issue might have been something to do with it, but nah, uh, I I I saved like ten bags of leaves, and I I kept adding more and more. Um, all right, can I question number two? Well, yeah, I got a yeah. couple. Go ahead. Um, seeds. <clears throat> I buy go online and buy a, a larger amount than the little packages, uh, either flour or. Um, for vegetables, how long will they stay? It depends on the on the seed variety or the seed species, if you will. Some seeds last for a very long time, and others not so much. Um, more than a year, more than a second year. If it, I it it really depends. I found, for instance, um, some of the root crops, the seed there doesn't last that long. Like carrot seed doesn't last more. I'm going to guess something like three or four years tops. Oh, okay. Well, so I should be able to get a couple plantings in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you can use them throughout that year for sure, and probably the next as well. Um, okay. Uh, the bindweed. Now, that uh, seed lasts forever. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> you know, it was kind of uh, therapeutic out there pulling them out. I, I kind of enjoyed it on Saturday and Sunday mornings. But with the pumpkins... Can I, okay, when the pumpkin's growing and it's continuing adding another uh, part of growth, another pumpkin comes up, and uh-huh. then at that particular junction, it, you have vines that go back down into the ground, correct? Or roots? They well, root in, yes. yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Now, does that feed uh, more water and everything from nutrients? Yes. The, uh, Absolutely, yep. yes. Uh, so I can't put down a layer of, like, uh, coverage. To keep the vines and just let the pumpkin grow across the, the vine to go across the uh, the cover. Well, you you can um, the, the the pumpkin just won't be able to root in on, uh, on those on those individual vines that are out away from the main root system. 
or maybe I could just slice it and, and let it go down right where it's at. Um, is that possible? As it starts growing across that matting, I'm going to put down every time I see it getting ready. Oh, I see what you mean. You could do that. Yes. Uh, I was going to say that if you're familiar with the people that grow the giant pumpkins, the 2,000-pounders. Well, yeah, a little bit. Okay. What, those vines, when they grow out, they meticulously cover the vine, vine only, not the leaves, as it grows out away from the center of the plant. At almost every leaf, you can get some roots going down, and that helps feed the the one fruit that they let grow. Um, yeah, my my daughter helped with the pumpkins last year, and she had we had white pumpkins, pancake type style pumpkin, uh, then the jumbos. Where I had like five, I couldn't even pick up myself. Well, good for you. You're doing something right. Yeah. Yeah. I, like I said, it just it was amazing how. Um, I mean, how, how about this? Uh, a trick that I heard of, um, you put some type of, I was thinking like a five-gallon buckets where you cut them in, in, in pieces. Uh, it can uh, contain the water to go to the root where you put it around the root and it stays. It actually is something I read about tomatoes where you use like a coffee can thing and you, um, you plant it in there. When you plant the plant, you put that in the ground so far down and you water in the, the can. Oh, yeah, you can yeah. do that, sure. You, you need can, to, yeah, make sure you puncture the can so the water can yeah. soak in. Uh, you can use a can or, or even go as, as far as a five-gallon bucket. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, for, the, for the pumpkins, uh, the, well, the, the tomatoes take a lot of water, too, I guess. Yes, they both take a lot of water. Yeah, and watermelons, too. Yes. It's, oh, okay, it's, yeah, it's, watermelons. I, I got a, a dozen of those. Everything really grew. Uh, the only problem I had was cantaloupe, and um, something went wrong. I think uh, um, I planted them, the smaller ones, and they didn't hold, and then I, I, I planted new seeds and got some to grow. But uh, I was just really amazed on how well everything took off. Excellent. Sounds like you might be a candidate for growing one of those gigantic, humongous pumpkins. Well, you know, I was trying to think of a cable system where I'd have to be able to lift it to get it out to the front of the house. Well, details, details. Forklift. Yeah, you'll you'll come up with a solution towards the end of the season. Oh well, yeah, when I'm supposed <laughs> to be uh, heading towards retirement. You know? <laughs> I think you should uh, you should uh, uh, investigate online. Or actually, they have some books on how to grow those giant pumpkins. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, you're a candidate. I did see something about how to mound uh, the dirt around it. To yeah, get it. that's that's one feature. Yeah, there are many things that they do. Um, all right, one other thing. When you get your early tulips in and uh, maybe daffodils and stuff, I, I have a couple planter box I take care of for, for someone. Um, once, they, once they've flowered and they're done flowering, can I cut them down so I can get something else around them to get the sun and, and start growing? No, you need to leave that foliage. That green foliage uh, there, keep it well watered in the sun so that it ripens naturally because that foliage rebuilds the bulb to bloom again next year. Okay. If you uh, cut the foliage off while it's still green, you're going to eliminate the possibility of those bulbs blooming again. Um, all right. Well, I've taken up. Thank you, fellas. Uh, I appreciate it, and I enjoy your show. Well, well thank thanks you. for calling. All right. Take care. Ah, uh-huh. bye-bye. And just as I predicted, look, our lines are filled. They sure are. And we have half hour to go.
a half hour. So we have to use our speed talk for the, the past half or the last half hour of our show. Yeah, so uh, let's see. We've got Vaughn and Chandler, but next up is Betsy out in Littleton. Betsy with uh, Jared's Garden Center. Good morning, Betsy. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? you guys sound like you're fit as fiddles? We are. I don't know about that, but maybe a, viol- a viola. My strings are nice and tight. I see. <laughs> <laughs> cat gut, huh? Yeah, My I, favorite I, animal. Yeah, yeah. yeah cat Cat got your tongue. <laughs> yeah. What's going on at uh, Jared's these days? Well, well, first I need to apologize for not calling in the last time I was scheduled. Uh-huh. Um, it had snowed that morning, and there was six inches of snow to, to remove before I could come to work. So um, totally, totally missed the call. So I apologize. Well, these things happen. They do. Um, you know, here, I, I've been gone for like six days with a mini vacation, and um, I came back to the garden center, and I swear spring has sprung here. Mm-hmm. There is so much cute garden-oriented stuff here, and the pots are starting to arrive. Um, you know, they're not on a boat from China anymore. Um, so, you know, we're starting to fill up, and people are starting to come in and get excited about the impending spring, which is only in like a couple weeks. Yeah, it's coming on fast. <laughs> yes, it is. And, um, you know, I've already had long conversations about lawn care, which is what we're going to cover next week for our class. Um, but this week we're starting another seed starting class for those who missed the first one in February. So those that class will start at 11 and 2 today and 2 o'clock tomorrow. Hopefully, we'll fit in someone's schedule. So if, you know, they're thinking about those yummy tomatoes, they're the number one vegetable we love to grow, um, they can come and do the tips and tricks with us today. All right. So you have a a seed starting class at 11 today and at 2 o'clock, and then again tomorrow at 2 o'clock. Correct. All right. And do do they need to sign up ahead of time? Nope. It's just come as you are usually loaded with questions and uh, in fact as soon as I get off the phone with you I need to start setting up the classroom because they've moved it around trying to make room for the new product so I may have to find a new spot for it (laughs) (laughs) hopefully it'll be in the main greenhouse beyond the giant rotund bear that we have in the middle of our greenhouse right now oh boy oh yeah he's he's magnificent with his little floral uh halo on. Now, that wouldn't be Hank the Tank, would it? No, but I think um, Hank the Tank probably is about as heavy as this okay. guy is. So. Right. <laughs> or Hank the Tank 1, 2, or 3, depending on you know which DNA they find. Yeah, that's so. right. Yeah. Well, tell everybody where you're located, Betsy. Well, we are at 10500 West Bowles Avenue, which is in the southwest corner of Metro Denver. And we are here until, I guess, daylight savings time, um, 9 to 5 every day. 9 to 5 every day? Right. If the sun is up, we're usually open. (laughs) All right. Well, that's Betsy with uh, Jared's Nursery out in Littleton on West Bowles. It's It's a big red building, lots of parking in the back. 
Uh, it's a great place to go and spend a day just wandering around and looking at all the cool stuff coming up for spring. Thanks for that, guys. You guys have a great one. You bet. You too, Betsy. Thanks, Betsy. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <clears throat> so there you have it. We do. Yeah. And for those who don't know, Hank the Tank is a big bear that was thought to be only one of them. Uh, somewhere Aspenvale, one of the municipalities west of us here. As it turns out, there may be more than one Hank the Tank bear. Oh, yeah? They, Hank has figured out how to get into people's houses. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Apparently not dangerous. He's just hungry. <laughs> He's hangry. Hangry. <laughs> hangry. All right. Well, we've got Vaughn waiting to talk to us. Uh, Vaughn's out in Aurora. Good morning, Vaughn. Thanks for calling the Wise Guys. Uh, good morning. Thank you. Hey, my, one of my questions is, uh, when, where, and is it appropriate to put the ash from a wood-burning stove in the garden or in the grass? Uh, typically here in the western United States, it's not appropriate anywhere, uh, mostly because <clears throat> the salts that are in the ashes, we already have lots of them in the ground, and there's a possibility of overdoing it. Uh, thank you. I've However, had... if you take uh, you know a quart of ashes, and spread them over 10,000 square feet of lawn, I don't think your lawn would even notice it. Alrighty. Well, uh, I think I'll just avoid putting it out. And, uh, okay. And make, put- yeah, whatever you do with it, make sure there's it's cold. <laughs> okay. Yeah, right. Absolutely. And another question is, um, we have a tree watering service come out in the wintertime, and uh, water our deciduous trees and uh, uh, pine tree. Um how close to the trunk is appropriate? How far away from the trunk is appropriate? How how is that approached? Well, there's a couple of a uh, couple of areas of thought here. One is to recognize that tree roots go away from the trunk of the tree about as far out as the tree is tall. So if your tree okay. is 50 feet tall, you can count on roots going out 50 feet, and probably more than that. Now, okay. that's that's where the roots are. If you want to be the appropriate waterer, you would water that entire area, not only under the tree, but around the tree. Now, there's okay. another school of thought that says, you know, if you want to do only the most critical part, you water underneath the crown of the tree. But up toward the trunk, especially on older trees, up toward the yeah, trunk not is so less, less important. It's out toward the perimeter of the branches. All right. Now, well, keep in mind, great. the way Mother Nature does it, she waters everything. <laughs> okay? Uh, I always take my clues from Mother Nature first. Unless you're a spruce tree. I always notice that when it rains or snows in my yard, our spruce tree is always dry underneath. Yeah, under dry. Under, under dry, yes. <laughs> under dry, yeah, that's under right. Dry, the, the spruce tree. It's yeah. called a rain shadow, yeah. and it, it just doesn't get to those roots. And the spruce tree is fine with that because its roots are far out beyond the spread of the branches. And also, yeah. you'll find that in our neck of the woods that the south side of your tree, if it's a pine tree or a spruce tree especially, is going to be a lot drier than is the north side of the tree. Because our rains and snows predominantly come in from the north and northwest. And the tree yeah. holds it up. It doesn't allow it to get to the other side of the tree. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, thank you very much for your help. I appreciate your show. It's All right. Show. Thank you for calling. Thanks for calling, Bon. All right, we're going to take a little break here. When we get back, we're going to talk with, I don't know, someone else, whoever's called in. Chandler's up next. Right here on Legends 810. Smart Pots, the original award-winning fabric planner, perfected design through 30 years of professional real-life use in the field. Perfect for just about any use, from home or balcony to professional growing operations. Join thousands of gardeners getting professional-grade results, no experience required. So easy to use, simply unfold, fill with soil, then plant. Plants grow better in smart pots because the airflow through the porous container walls provides extra aeration to the root zone, resulting in prolific fibrous root structures. More roots allow your plants to absorb and take in more moisture and nutrients, creating stronger, more robust plant growth and amazing yields. Smart pot containers are reusable and last for years, manufactured right here in the USA with the highest quality standards. The patented fabric is durable enough to last multiple seasons, yet porous enough to release excess water. No more overwatering. Smart Pot fabric containers are available in multiple sizes and shapes. The round pots come in all sizes and a variety of colors, perfect for flowers and vegetables of any size. The Smart Pot raised bed planners come in round or rectangular in a variety of sizes, giving you the flexibility to plant a garden almost anywhere. Find your favorite Smart Pot product at your favorite garden center, nursery, or grow store. To find your closest retailer, go to smartpots.com and use the store locator. While you're there, check out all the other Smart Pot products, informative videos, soil volume calculator and online store smart pots the first choice of professional hobby gardeners what's your lawn good for after all that watering and maintenance is your lawn supposed to be admired like some ancient statue in a museum no it's supposed to be enjoyed. It's for you, your kids, grandkids, pets, and friends. You should spend warm summer evenings leisurely eating dinner, afternoons watching kids and animals run back and forth. It's a place to have water balloon fights or touch football games, but your grass can't take that kind of pounding. Soon you see dry patches that turn into dirt and mud. You need a lawn that has been engineered to withstand lots of traffic and still thrive in our Colorado climate. You need Colorado own Turf Mix. It's a well-balanced blend of award-winning grasses that grow in sun or moving shade and tolerate heavy foot traffic. The aggressive root system creates a dense, thick, wear-resistant turf, perfect for outdoor adventures. Plus, it's insect, disease, and drought resistant. Colorado's own Turf Mix is available at your favorite local independent garden retailer. And we are back. We're taking your phone calls about anything you want to talk about, as long as it's about plants. No, no car stuff. No, we don't want any car stuff. And I, I for one, don't want any furniture stuff either. All right. Well, we've made those two caveats <laughs> through the show today. And no relationship stuff either. Oh, please. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to do it. Not right. going to. I just figured out. I, I, I had asked uh, Sean how big a football field is in square feet. It's 57,600 square feet. Um, and how much area I shovel around my house when it snows. Okay. Because <laughs> I was thinking, i got to be getting close to that. Well, I have shovel only 3,281 square feet. Okay. That's still a lot of f f foots of snow. That's a lot of foots. You're right. All right, let's get out to the phones. Chandler's waiting to talk to us out in Denver. Good morning, Chandler. Hey, good morning. Thanks for calling the Wise Guys. What can we do for you? Thanks. 
I heard your show on vacation. I'm actually from Indianapolis. So oh, I'm awesome. Sick, and the tulips are all starting to pop up. Wow. So, fun time of year. I, um, I was just calling because so I have like a rose bed, and I have a bunch of tulips and hyacinths in there and, and gladiolus. Right. And the rose, like, if you look up roses, they're like, you're supposed to put newspapers down and mulch on top of that. And I waited too long to put the newspaper down. Now the tulips are all popping up. So... What is it kind of like a substitute, or can you still put newspaper around? You don't need don't to put know. newspaper no, down I at want, all. I, I lost something here. You were too late putting down the newspaper, and now the tulips are. Were you intending on putting the newspaper over where the tulips were going to come up? Yeah, was that a bad idea? I figured well, the, the newspapers would break down before the spring if I did them last fall. Probably right. Well, it depends on how many layers of newspaper you're putting down. And how much moisture you If you're get. putting down the entire New York Times, no, that's not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> okay, only a few sheets. However, if you're putting down the wimpy, skimpy Denver Post, yeah, that probably would work. But th- there's really no reason for you to have to put down the newspaper no. at all. You can just put the mulch directly on the soil. Okay, and then and the tulips and everything. Yeah, now they'll that. come up through that. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Even if you put it now. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Great. Thank you. And then um, a question I can't figure out on dahlias. You know, they uh, you can start the dahlias in dirt, and then they'll start little shoots that you can cut off and repot. Right. Um, I, I, I've been doing that, but they haven't come up, so I didn't know if, like, A, it just takes a lot longer than I thought, or B, I need to water them. Because none of the books say whether or not to water. The Absolutely tuber. water them, yes. Okay. That'll probably be it then. Okay. <laughs> they should include that in the instructions. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome, Chandler. Thanks for calling. Have a good one. Bye. You too. Bye-bye. Well, you know, for new gardeners and for new other things, including me, if you don't write down all the pertinent information, you're left wondering. Well, and I learned something about dahlia cuttings. that I, I did that last year for the first time in my life. Yeah. <clears throat> Is to start the tubers inside, let them yeah. grow up, and yeah. have multiple branches coming from the base. And then I took cuttings. Yes. Didn't work. Found out that when you take the cuttings, you have to go down to where the branch oh. attaches to the tuber and take a heel with the cutting. Oh, I, I'm not surprised. I didn't know that, but I'm not surprised. But then what are you left with after you take the cuttings? Well, then it, it, the, 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 the tuber exists, makes the more? The tuber makes more, yeah. Oh, okay. It, it throws up some more. Okay. But apparently, the cuttings will bloom with larger, more colorful flowers than the tubers, or the, the whatever you call those things, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. than the original roots. <coughs> so if you're wanting to show dahlias, apparently that's the way you do it, is you take oh, cuttings really? and then show the flowers from the cuttings. They do better. I don't know why that would be. I almost don't believe it. <laughs> I know, right? It seems counterintuitive, right? It does. Yeah. <clears throat> but does. I, I, I tried taking cuttings <laughs> with just like you take a normal cutting, you know, yeah. just right below a leaf node. Yeah. Didn't yeah. work. Yeah. None of them would root. And I mm. finally rewatched the video, and sure enough, they go down to where it attaches to the tuber and cut a piece of the tuber out with it. Ah. Totally unrelated. While I've been sitting here on the show looking out across the way, I'm looking out over a golf course. 
Mm-hmm. And when we started, it was completely white. Yeah. Now it's only half white. Green is showing up everywhere. What happened? Is it growing? I, I don't know. I'm not over it. It's like a quarter mile away. Well, you know, it's 38 degrees out there. It's melting. Do we got good meltage? There's meltage. Okay. Hopefully it's soaking we in. Don't, we don't have anybody out here. I've been waiting for you to answer someone on the line. There's nobody there. There is nobody How there. How did that happen? We Sean, still, if you're not doing your job over there, what's going? He's telling people to go away. All right, 303-477-2473 and force your way onto the show. <laughs> force your way. By presence of mind or something. Well, <clears> this <throat> this is definitely, we're in seed starting mode right now. Apparently. It's March. And I seeded peppers last week. Yeah. Uh, inside, of course. But uh, you can be doing the same thing. And if you've never sown seed before, it can be a very intimidating thing. Don't let that stop you. No. You'll try. You may have some failures. You'll learn from those failures. You won't make that mistake again. But if you do want to go to a class, there is a free class on seed starting at Jared's Nursery today at 11 and again at 2 or tomorrow at 2. It's free. You don't even have to call ahead. Just show up at Jared's out there on West Bowles. Yeah, they'll tell you how to do it. And Betsy is an excellent instructor. She knows her stuff, and she'll help you with learning how to sow seeds. It's a simple procedure. It it truly is. And please, please don't make it complicated. No. There's lots of stuff online, and you wonder, why are you doing that? It just complicated it tenfold. No you doubt. don't have to do that. That's right. One of which is, and my, it's my old-time pet peeve, is the kinds of things people can grow things in. <laughs> what kind of containers? Down to using cracked eggshells. Yes. Please. Why would you do that? I don't know. Just because you can? I suppose so. If you just don't want to waste and, anything. And, if, and, and the bottom line is, if it holds soil... People will recommend you using it. Yeah. And, well, I don't It doesn't matter what it is. And I I tell, you know, just plastic pots work just fine. You can use them over and over again. And over and over again. And I I am, I typically don't recommend plantable pots in our climate. No, I don't either. We just don't have enough soil moisture and soil microbes to break those puppies down. Fast enough yeah, for the roots to get out. You'll find that once you pull them up at the end of the season, they're still there. They're still there. <laughs> and it's restricted the root growth <clears throat> of your plants. Yes, it has. And to try to, you can peel that stuff off when you plant. If you're using a peat pot or something, you can peel it off. But you're damaging roots in the process. Why do that? Why just not just use a plastic pot? They slide right out. You can, yeah. put, you can save the plastic pot to reuse next year. You don't have to throw it in the, tr- in the garbage. Yeah, but I have all these egg cartons I want to use. <laughs> Please. Now, one other, one other thing that people aren't sure of, especially when you're new at this, is what the seedlings look like, especially if you're sowing them outdoors in the garden, what the seedlings look like as opposed to what the weed seeds look like, yeah. seedlings. Yeah. And so you don't pull the wrong things. And we have, a, we have an advertiser on the, on the show, uh, Botanical Interest Seeds. They're right up here um, north of Denver in, I want to say Brighton. Am I right? Brighton? Anyway, they're yeah. just north of, they're over there, you know, <coughs> no. up in that Boulder, Brighton area. 
That's Westminster up there, isn't it? Is it Brighton, Westminster? Brighton's on the east side. Well, you get the general idea. Anyway, they're local. <laughs> yeah. They're, yeah, you and, don't have to go there. They distribute seed all over town, yeah. uh, all over the country, actually. Every garden center in town has them. Uh, and the reason I bring this up is on the back side of the seed packet is a drawing of what the seedling is going to look like. So when the stuff comes up, <coughs> even though it's going to be in a row, it should, that should tip you off right there. <laughs> <laughs> These are the seedlings of the radishes I just planted, yeah. but it will show you a picture of what those seedlings look like. Now, I was, I was going to say, if it comes up in a row, that's probably what you planted. Okay. Correct. However, there are occasional weed seeds that come up in that row. Right. All right, then you back off and say, 99% of them look like this. Mm -hmm. The one that doesn't is a weed. Correct. <laughs> okay. It's pretty simple. It is. <laughs> All right, let's get out to the phones. We've got Pat in Lakewood wanting to talk to us. Good morning, Pat. Good morning. I have a quick look at Stevie. <laughs> yeah, I do. A quick question. Uh, could you recommend someone to do xeroscaping for lawns? Are you wanting somebody to do the design or the installation? Both. Both. <laughs> oh, boy. <clears throat> I'm always stuck on something like this. Um. I'm going to say that, that if, you went, if you went with some of the the organizations, uh, for instance, the Association of Landscape Contractors, ALCC, ALCC, uh, that's an organization that's made up of people who do nothing but design, <coughs> and, or most of them, and do. installation and maintenance too. <coughs> yeah, and and, yeah. and they all know about Xeriscape now. It's been around for well over twenty years. And to be a member of ALCC, you, your, your company gets vetted so that they make sure that you're, you have the proper education, you have the proper permits, you have the proper insurance, all those sorts of things. So you're not getting Johnny pickup truck. Right. Um, when you do zero, um, uh, we know nothing about the zero scape other than what it looks like, but does it require much water? This is the reason why we wanted to go from grass and flowers. Well, uh, once, you, we, once you move over into this general thing called Xeriscape, uh -huh. uh, it could mean a lot of things to a lot of different people. In my yard, my Xeriscape, although I don't call it that, uh, is a garden that never gets any water. Yeah, does our location make a difference? Because we're up in the Green Mountain area, close to Hayden Park. Mm, it's going to make a difference in that what you what is selected to plant in your yard. But if you're if you select the kinds of plants that grow around you in Mother Nature anyway, uh, they are going to be the best ones that'll get by without any supplemental water once they get established. Now you don't have to go that route if you don't want to. There's all kinds of plants out there that don't require a lot of water. But we'll yeah, require some. Okay, well, we have a sprinkling system. And if we have them dig up the soil, it's going to probably disturb the uh, underground sprinkling, isn't it? Well, it depends on where they dig, of course. Uh, but the first thing you might have to do is get rid of your lawn. You don't want yeah. that anymore, right? Well, no, it's dying anyway because... Uh, we we lost a tree, and the people that took the the tree came down. Yeah, and well, it, they 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 came over the lawn and blah blah blah. Hey, let me ask you something else, not to change the subject. 
um, daughters and um, Stump and Daughter. Mm-hmm. What is their phone number? Stump Removal and Daughter. Yes. That would be Mordecai. And the number is, the number is, and I have to do this quickly here, 303-246-6891. Right. I knew it was the end of the show, and I wasn't even going to call, but I thought, well, I'll try real quick. Well, so. I'm glad you did. And thanks for your help, and we love you guys. All right. Thank well, you thank you much. for listening. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Well, we're at the end of the hour. I hear tell that we have only 30, 30 seconds to the music. So I okay. guess I could tell every people right now, uh, thank you, thank you everybody, for listening. And as always, remember to keep your shovel sharp and be careful where you devil. All right, we got time yet. All right, we're going to drag this out. I would get yourself to a garden center this weekend. It's going to be nasty outside. You can't do anything in the garden to speak of. So go check out what's going on at the garden centers. They're really ramping up for spring, yep. and it's, they're going to be jam-tight and jelly donuts or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to have all that kind of stuff going on. Remember, we're going to be back on the air with the same voices and the same words we use today. Uh, tomorrow, Sunday, from 6 until 8 p.m. on this very same station. And that's about all I have. And I want to tell everybody out there, hang tough there, Ukraine. We're all thinking about you and hoping you, you do well. Uh, you got anything to add to the end of this? I can't think of it. I'm hungry. I want some breakfast. I, yeah, I'm hangry myself. So all right. We're going to wrap it up here and say we're going to be back next weekend with your garden questions right here on Legends 810. The preceding program is sponsored by JK Communications. Making your commute so much better. Legends 810 AM and 953 FM. Real radio. In retirement, it's all about income. Your money making money while still committing.